episode 786. The Green Bay Packers have signed a pair of free agents, one familiar face in Kristen Michael and one new face in Ricky Jean Francois. To break down the signings, we talk to Kyle Fellows of Lombardi Ave. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about free agency. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the line today. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We have Kyle Fellows of LombardiAvenue.com, or just LombardiAv.com, part of the fan-sided network. Mr. Fellows, how you doing this morning? Hey, good. How you doing, Brian? Very good. We're glad to have you on the show. Talk some Packers news that's been going on over the past few days, a handful of signings that they made. So let's get to it, Kyle. The Packers signed defensive lineman Ricky Jean Francois reportedly on Thursday. How much of an impact do you think he'll have in Green Bay? Hey, it's exciting to see Ted Thompson get involved in the second wave of free agency here. Uh, Francois is a guy that I don't know that a lot of us saw coming to Green Bay, but uh, he's a great signing. Uh, it's good to see him coming. Uh, he's a great impact player in the run game. I think he, he fills a void for us in a lot of ways. Um, it's good to see him coming. It's, I think he'll be um, a really refreshing big body to have on that defense this year. I certainly hope that's the case from a Green Bay Packers fan perspective. So, Kyle, do you think the addition of Gene Francois makes Latroy Guyon expendable? I think that's a question people are thinking about now in the wake of this news. I think it can. Um, I think it could be a luxury to have both on the roster after week four next year, after the uh, the Guyon suspension uh, comes up. But you have to wonder, after all the time uh or I guess the second chances that Green Bay has given Guyon if his time there is coming to a close. Um, they're similar players in a lot of ways. Uh, neither of them are elite at their position. Both are uh, incredibly competent run defenders. Uh, they can clog up uh, the trenches there. And so you have to think that maybe uh, this does maybe spell the end of the time uh, for, for Guyon and Green Bay um, and kind of allows – the Green Bay way to do that. We'll see if that happens or not. Um, Kyle, do, do you like that the Packers only gave Gene Francois a one-year contract? I mean, what does that say about his future in Green Bay and the state of the defensive line in general? I think it's okay that they gave him a one-year deal. It would have kind of been nice to see maybe a two-year deal. I think what you're seeing there is probably Ted Thompson and company not wanting to tie up too much money going into the next next year's offseason. Um, and Francois probably wants to protect himself in knowing uh, that he can uh, get a little bit more money potentially if he has a good year. Um, Francois is probably the definition of consistency. Uh, so I think Ted Thompson knows I'm going to get one guy that I can plug and play this year, gets us through uh, the guy on situation, and then we'll address it again next year 
um, see where we're at going into into free agency. But with so many guys uh, needing money next offseason, I think I think I think Ted Thompson does a good job here in protecting his wallet and making sure he has money next year as well. Yeah, so often you can only take things on a year-by-year basis. It's uh, tough to know who's going to suffer an injury or things like that, and you can always re-sign him down the road if need be. We're talking to Kyle Fellows of LombardiAv.com here on Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Kyle, uh, Kristen Michael, after getting a glimpse of him in 2016, were you glad to see him back for another go-around in 2017 after his signing that became official on Thursday? Yeah, I'm excited to see him back. I wasn't exactly sure if he would be. I thought kind of he might have been that stopgap guy that you know could kind of come in and fill in uh, when they needed somebody last year and that they would just kind of move on, but... Uh, it's exciting to see him back. I think he does a couple things for you that um, may be hard to have a rookie do uh, initially coming into the league. So it's interesting. Michael is actually an underrated pass blocker, which I, I didn't even realize until recently. But uh, he does a really good job um, in the in the passing game. I think he – I don't know how much you buy into pro football focus numbers, but I think it kind of sets a baseline uh, for understanding some things, but I think he graded out as a top 15 pass blocker as a running back. So uh, he brings that to the offense. He's only 26 years old, so uh, he's got a lot of football in front of him. He's he's a bigger back. He's got the ability to kind of find the end zone there when you're down there. Uh, so he does some things, and he's going to be really cheap. I don't. I haven't seen Brian. Do you know if they've gotten those contract numbers out yet? I haven't seen. Yeah, that. I haven't seen it either. But I think it's probably safe to assume it's a it's a one year deal worth probably not much more than the league minimum. So yeah, I, I doubt it's worth a ton. Yeah, so I think he does those things for you, and like I said, he's going to be cheap. Um, we can assume, and really, he sets Green Bay up in a good position where. You know, fans may feel a little bit differently, but I think going into the season with um, with Michael and with Montgomery, and then you've even got um, the big fullback there that can that can take uh, carries if need be if you need a bigger back. I don't think running back remains as high of a need uh, than maybe some fans would think. I think you're you're okay. It's no longer an emergency uh, when you bring in a guy like um, Michael to to kind of help hold down that position. So, I mean, come the NFL draft, are you going to be surprised if the Packers take a running back, or how much of a priority will it? I mean, is a last-round draft pick a priority? I don't even know if you really consider it that. Uh, You know, I I would be surprised if they didn't take a running back. I just don't think it becomes a priority in the first two days, you know, rounds one through three. So I I think it would be a surprise if they didn't take a guy I think the sweet spot could be round four, uh, and then they've got those two picks in round five uh, with a compensatory pick. So I think somewhere in that range uh, would make a lot of sense. But I don't think you know you're going to see them uh, reach and grab like a McCaffrey. I don't think they're going to necessarily get anybody uh, in those first couple of rounds. I think they'll kind of let the board fall and then take a guy that can contribute uh, but doesn't cost uh, a first or second day pick. Kyle, it was reported that the Packers brought in free agent offensive lineman Byron Bell for a visit this past weekend. I know it's been a few days now. Do you think if the Packers were to sign him, he could help fill the void left by T.J. Lang? 
I think it's possible. Um, he's a guy that he's interesting because in some way he fits a Green Bay, Ted Thompson mold for an offensive lineman. In other ways, he doesn't. Um, he's incredibly versatile. Uh, so I think in that way, you know, he can um, he can play some offensive tackle. Um, he spent a lot of time there, but I think his his role as a Packers would probably consider him for, like you mentioned, is that that right guard spot that's been left vacant. Um, but like I said, his, his spot's probably not most naturally at that tackle spot. Um, he's he's more of a mauler uh, than he is uh, a technician or an athlete. He's like I think he's 340 pounds. And real big guy, six six five. So uh, Thompson typically kind of goes for more of those athletic uh, profiles in an offensive lineman. So um, if he plugs and plays as a, a mauler and at guard, it's a little bit outside of Ted Thompson's normal um, mold. But uh, he does bring veteran savvy. Uh, he brings experience that maybe if you sign a guy like that, then you don't feel like you have to go into the draft and get somebody who's ready to contribute. Uh, right away. So I think if you have him, if they bring him in, uh, let him compete with Murphy and Spriggs uh, and kind of uh, play with that scenario a little bit, maybe you don't have to uh, panic in the draft and go get somebody. Uh, so, I mean, regardless of, of whether they sign Bell or not, do, do you anticipate the Packers spending a choice again on, on an offensive lineman? I, I don't know if this is the same question with the running back, whether I, I don't know how much we consider this a priority, first round versus seventh round. What do you think? Um, I think I think that they will draft an offensive lineman. Probably a very similar answer to the running back question uh, in a lot of ways, but I think Forrest Lamp is a guy that you've seen mocked to the Packers in the first round by a lot of people. I don't know that that would, that would surprise me just based on what Ted Thompson does. Um, he's so successful and so good at waiting until uh, day three on offensive linemen. Uh, you've got Ari, you know, Lang sitting guys that he's gotten a little bit later in drafts uh, that have really panned out and been some, been some great players. So, I guess I don't feel like uh, they go early, but I do expect them uh, to take players in the trenches always. So I think by the end of the draft, you'll see uh, at least one offensive lineman uh, in this draft class. Uh, Kyle, this is a question I've asked several of our guests on the show, but based upon what we know right now, what, what do you think remains the Packers' biggest need entering the NFL draft? Good question. Um, I think that, I mean, I think you automatically go cornerback, and I think you think uh, edge rusher, which I think probably are realistically still uh, the Packers' greatest needs, even with Perry back. Um, maybe we saw a dip in production from, from Matthews last year, but I think I'm going to surprise a little bit here and say, I mean, I might be cheating on the question a little bit, but <laughs> this is maybe not our top need, but a surprising need. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Packers go wide receiver um, in the first two, uh, first two or three rounds. I don't maybe not round one, but I think round two or round three, uh, you could see the Packers take a wide receiver. And the the reason would be, you know, you've got Nelson is getting up in age, who even come out and said that he considered retirement um, during his, his major injury that he had. Uh, and so, you know, you've got to take that in consideration. And Cobb uh, had kind of an up-and-down year last year. And then Devontae Adams um, is a free agent after this year. So I think you've got some players there that just some question marks 
for the future. I think we're set for this coming season, but we all know that Ted Thompson often looks to the future, often even more than the present. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see a guy like Zay Jones, um, Chris Godwin, um, some of those guys that in those uh, round two, round three range that uh, could end up uh, wearing a Packers jersey next year. We'll see. Uh, Kyle, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, before we let you go, do, do you got any articles pu- coming up at Lombardi Ave we can look forward to or anything we can plug, anything like that? Oh, you know, uh, nothing specifically that I would tell you guys right now. Uh, I've been working on some uh, NFL draft, mock draft stuff with uh, Dan Dalkey. He's another great contributor over there at Lombardi Ave. Um, I've got a one-year-old son that's kept me really busy the last couple of months, and so I've my my contributions have a little been a little bit lacking, uh, and I've been mostly uh, doing some of the Twitter stuff. So looking forward to getting back on there soon. But uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on and uh, letting me talk some Packers this morning. It was a good discussion. Thanks, Kyle, for joining us so much. Take care, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Brian. Kyle Fellows of LombardiAv.com joining us at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Today's show is brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's forthcoming craft beer bar, of which I am the prospective owner. We've started a GoFundMe campaign to raise startup capital for the project and hope you'll consider contributing Here's a clip we created for the campaign. Please take a listen. Hey everyone, this is Brian Caravu, and hopefully sometime soon you'll know me as the owner of Beer Rock, a craft beer bar in Madison, Wisconsin. You might be asking, what the heck is a Beer Rock? Well, it's the family recipe of my wife Amanda, and it's going to be the signature item on our menu. In its simplest terms, a B-Rock is similar to a pasty, except better. It's a savory pastry filled with beef, sauerkraut, onion, cheese, and seasoning. At least that's the traditional version. We also plan on having other various interpretations. How does a Korean B-Rock with pork and kimchi sound? To make this a reality, however, we need your help. We're looking to get a small business loan to do all sorts of things like lease a property and buy all the equipment we need. That's why we set up a GoFundMe campaign. Your donation will go towards the equity needed to secure that loan. Once that's done, the dominoes will start falling. Best of all, we've created several reward levels to thank you for your generosity. They range from branded t-shirts to free food and drink on premise. So please take the time to explore and thank you for your consideration. We hope you become one of the founding members of B-Rock and Bottoms Up. To contribute, please visit GoFundMe.com slash B-Rock. That's GoFundMe.com slash B-I-E-R-O-C-K. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, giving my two cents on the free agent additions. I, I spoke at length about the possibility of the Packers adding Ricky Jean Francois on our Wednesday episode, so I don't have a t- ton more to add that I haven't said already, but we do have rough contract figures 
from Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, who reports Jean-Francois received a one-year contract worth $3 million. Now, what portion of that contract comes in the form of a signing bonus, I don't know yet, or I haven't seen reported yet. Um, But the major question I think people are curious about, as I mentioned in our interview with Kyle Fellows, is does this make Latroy Guyon expendable? And it's a difficult question to answer because on one hand, the Packers could gain roughly $3 million in cap space by releasing Guyon, but they can gain those savings at any time. It, It doesn't matter if they release him today or release him upon his reinstatement from suspension in the month of October, they will save the same amount of salary cap space at either time. Even after the addition of Jean-Francois, the Packers are still comfortably underneath the salary cap at more than $20 million, so releasing Guyon wouldn't prevent them from restructuring Aaron Rodgers' contract and giving him more money, or anything else they might do, um, it, it would pretty much be one of those situations where the Packers could roll unused salary cap space to next year. Um, the Packers could keep Guyon as an insurance policy if they want, although some might argue that Jean Francois is the insurance policy, so might as well get rid of Guyon. Um, you know, some people might think you know if anything happens to Mike Daniels or Kenny Clark, Jean-Francois is the guy who steps in. Um, I I have to say, I I don't have strong feelings either way, whether they cut guy on now, cut him later, hold on to him in case, you know, whatever the Packers want to do with guy on, I'm on board. Uh, Now that they've added Francois, they can kind of operate as they feel appropriate. Um, and, And that's the way I feel about it. Getting to the Kristen Michael signing. When I originally made my free agency predictions, I didn't think the Packers would re-sign Michael. But I also thought they would retain Lacey. So maybe losing Eddie Lacey made Kristen Michael more of a priority to come back. I'm personally unsure what to make of Michael because on one hand, I can't deny the spark he can provide, capable of taking the ball to the house at any time he touches it. He's got the breakaway speed. We got to see it on a handful of occasions this past season. But then on the other hand, he makes more mistakes than a running back should make. One with the ball in his hands, whether he makes a wrong read or tries to make more than one cut or jitterbugs a little too much or two in his responsibilities. To me, Kristen Michael didn't seem reliable in the passing game whatsoever. It was kind of interesting to hear what Kyle Fellows said, uh, saying how he thought he was a reliable uh, pass protector Uh, but kind of citing the pro football focus statistics. And I don't know. I didn't see that. Maybe it's because it's such a small sample size that, you know, you just can't get it. When when you're not out there pass protecting a ton, you know, maybe it's not really applicable. But, you know, I I think we saw catching the football. I think it was even in the, the NFC championship game where, 
Rodgers dumped one off to him, and he just dropped it. It wasn't even a far pass. It was just a little bloop, and he couldn't even catch that. Um, I, I can't deny if he is able to catch the football, he'd be dangerous with it. So I'm I'm kind of in that catch-22 position here with Kristen Michael. The, the question I guess we have to ask is, how much improvement can we expect in a second year in the Packers system? Certainly, you you would think that would help anybody, not just Kristen Michael, but any you know past rookie that's coming back for their second year. They're they're only going to be better, assuming there's no other factors at play like injury or anything like that. With with Michael in particular, I'm I'm skeptical because last year was his fourth year in the NFL. And he was making those type of mistakes I referenced earlier. It's not like he was a rookie. I feel like he's going to continue to make those mistakes. Now, does taking the ball to the house once in a while kind of overcome those mistakes? It's possible. I mean, if he's scoring touchdowns, and, you know, I, I'm not really sure. Did we see Kristen Michael fumble the ball? If if you're not turning the ball over, if the mistakes are not egregious, if he's losing yards on the occasional carry, you know, we can live with that. If he's outscoring touchdowns or getting first downs or making big plays, whatever it is, you can live with that. So, you know, I, I, I can understand why the Packers brought him back, especially in light of losing Lacey. They don't have a whole lot of proven options at the true halfback position. You know, they've got Ty Montgomery, who's only in his, you know, made the transition to running back this past season. And you brought back Don Jackson, but he's coming off injured reserve. He was just an undrafted rookie last year. They got a lot of uncertainty there. I mean, this makes you feel a little bit better about the depth, but it is, Obviously, I think I think the Packers have to add somebody at some point. I, I totally agree that I don't necessarily think they got to do it on the first two days of the draft. Um, but at some point, they got to get somebody, and probably more of a bigger back too. By the way, a, a more of the Eddie Lacy type. Not not to say he's got to be 250 plus pounds, but more of a power back. Where I think the guys they got right now on the roster are not that type. Uh, Kristen Michael, I don't think, is a, a power type of back. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that's where they stand at the moment being uh, as the Packers kind of, you know, free agency here starts to wrap up. And, you know, the, the big method of player acquisition in front of us is now the NFL draft. Not to say that they couldn't sign another free agent down the line, just the the more time goes on here, the more unlikely it becomes. Or, you know, if they do add someone, it's more the street free agent type who, you know, is, is really not expected to be a big contributor. I mean, you could you could certainly argue adding Kristen Michael, not expected to be a huge contributor, but still uh, a guy who was in town last year and, and could provide a spark uh, on occasion. And that brings us to... The day ahead. We still don't have details of the Kristen Michaels contract, uh, so it's possible we see those reported today, although that's just a possibility. 
one of the few things we know is going to happen on Friday are the pro days held at several universities. Colleges hosting such events on Friday include Michigan, California, Arizona, and BYU, just to name a few. I think Akron holds theirs. I can't remember all the rest of them. You know, there's there's a 10 of them or so today. Packers scouts will be checking those out. My usual disclaimer here. We don't know which precisely pro days Packers scouts will be at. Uh, they don't publish that information, but they'll be at least at a few of them or several of them. Um, then over the weekend, the Veterans Combine is back. Uh, you may have heard about this a few years ago, uh, but the NFL has made some tweaks. Um, read about this at an, the NFL's official website. It's now called the Pro Player Combine, and it's falling under the same umbrella as the league's regional combines for players coming out of college, kind of ran by the same people. The difference is this one is limited to players who signed their first NFL contract in 2014, 2015, or 2016, but also saw their contract terminated this past season, so during the 2016 season. You have to meet those requirements in order to attend this. So, the Pro Player Combine is being held this Saturday and Sunday, so that would be March 25th and 26th, at the facilities of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the last time the NFL held a Veterans Combine, the Packers signed a player coming out of there, cornerback Kyle Sabetic, who you might remember was in training camp with the Packers a few years ago. So precedent has been set. They have gone this route before. So this isn't something you should totally ignore, even though it's probably not a, you know, very, you know, huge method of player acquisition. Thus why we're talking about it in the 26th minute of Railbird Central and not the first minute of the show when I talk about the most important news. Um, it, it's no coincidence the pro player combine is being held in Arizona because Sunday the league annual meetings begin in Arizona, also known as the NFL owners meeting, where the league talks about potential rule changes and various other topics. Uh, the league actually released a rule the, the rule change proposals yesterday you may have seen those reported in the media I, i'm not going to get into more than a dozen proposals because only a handful of those will end up going into effect you know that's what they discuss at the owners meeting which ones are worth changing and which are just you know maybe it's not great but we can live with it um but you can bet next week on Railbird Central, we'll talk about any news coming out of the owners' meetings. In fact, on Monday, we've already got our next guest lined up. Zach Cruz of the Packers Wire, part of the the newest edition of the USA Today Network. Uh, so, uh, any breaking news from the owners' meetings over the weekend, we'll discuss with him on Monday, and that pretty much does it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. Railbird Central airs 
every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Um, So, yeah, have a good weekend, everyone. Have a good Friday, and uh, we'll talk to you again on on Monday. I, I did see with Friday also, I suppose could have included this in the 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 day ahead segment here that uh, of course the Wisconsin Badgers play on Friday night in the Sweet 16 um, and, and I saw that quarterback Aaron Rodgers will apparently be behind the Wisconsin bench as he supports the in-state basketball team uh, just saw a report of that I, I don't even know where that emerged from originally but There you go. If you're interested in seeing QB1 on TV tonight, watch the Badgers game. So good luck to Bucky and on Wisconsin. And uh, if there's anything noteworthy coming out of that, we'll discuss that on Monday too. But like I said, have a good weekend, everybody. On behalf of everyone at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. We'll see you later, folks. I leave you today with a song called Liquid by Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go. Pack, go.